Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Second to None podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Tavares King. I'm Blaine Gilmer, and we are here on a Reaction Monday on the Second to None podcast as we react to all the SEC Week 3 action. Some big games. Alabama went down to the swamp and was in an unexpected nail-biter, at least unexpected by us, and then Auburn goes to Happy Valley. That one turned out the way that we thought it would. Georgia looks good at home, TK. So a lot to break down here on this Reaction Monday. Yeah, it was a fun weekend. It was an exciting weekend. Another happy Monday for the dogs uh, and me. Uh, Yeah, it was just – it was a good weekend, man. Uh, Like you said, Bama was was in a battle that we didn't foresee, and then Penn State got it done against Auburn. But we got a lot to chop it up here about. No doubt, and I want to remind everybody that the Second to None podcast is the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network and 365 Sports YouTube channel that covers all things SEC. We come to you on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. On Mondays, we react to the the week before week prior and what the action went went on and that's what we're going to do today wednesday is what what's the spread wednesday where we start to dive into okay what's vegas thinking about the the upcoming matchups for this the next saturday and why and then friday is when we do our lock-in picks so make sure you go ahead and subscribe uh turn on notifications on the youtube channel and then also you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, anywhere that you find your podcast Uh, You can find us just by searching second to none. Also, we are partnering with Sideline Sports Network. You can see their logos at the bottom on the on the screen, Um, you know, at SSN underscore college football on Twitter or at sidelines underscore SN. Kind of a mix between a ESPN and a Barstool type guys that they've got accounts for every every uh, team that you could think of out there. So a good community uh, for fans to get involved with and interact with on social media, Sideline Sports Network, check them out, guys. Um, but TK, right off the bat, we're going to, you know, obviously hit where we were right on last week and where we miscalculated a little bit. The the cupcake games, all those went off without a hitch, except Kentucky a little bit. They struggled against Chattanooga. They, they ended up uh, only winning that game 28 to 23. Um, but I, I would have to think that Kentucky, you know, You've been in these games before. 
uh, as, as an SEC player, when you have a, a team not necessarily the caliber opponent uh, come in that, that you're expecting it, sometimes you can kind of sleepwalk through it a little bit. Yeah, you can. You can have those down games where you uh, kind of just, like you said, sleepwalk through it and kind of take God's life and, you know, kind of take don't take the weak light. They probably, you know, wasn't wasn't as tuned in to the film, uh, film work, film study, um, like they should have been, and it and it showed on Saturday. Yeah, and and ultimately, what happens is Kentucky uncharacteristically they turn the ball over three times. You know, when you when you throw two interceptions and you fumble once, that gives people an opportunity to stay in ball games when when they shouldn't. Also. Uh, Kentucky, you know, allowed them to, to rush the ball a little bit more when a team's able to run the ball effectively, uh, which Chattanooga had 171 yards rushing, then, you know, that, that allows people to extend games. But ultimately, uh, Kentucky makes it through it unscathed and they head into Columbia, South Carolina next week. And speaking of South Carolina, we'll get to the Georgia and South Carolina game here next, just real quick. Um, but before we do that, we want to say South Carolina, they were kind of betting that they were going to be able to, you know, come in and hopefully stop Georgia's uh, running game and make JT Daniels beat him over the top. Well, that bet didn't turn out too well for them. Uh, but speaking of betting, guys, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are tuning in to the football gridiron, guys, where all the action is going on for this season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football bets this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which is now open to bet online. So all you got to do, head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet online, guys, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports bet online, your online sports book experts. And as always, we're thankful for bet online sponsoring the show. But TK, about that Georgia and South Carolina game, uh, you know, just briefly here, um, you could see that the talent gap is tremendous right now between South Carolina and Georgia. And uh, kudos to Georgia for coming out and, and not playing down to competition. Uh, I thought one thing that stood out to me was how explosive James Cook and Zamir White looked early in that ball game. They did. They looked really well. I think that our front um, in the beginning of that game, that game enforced their will um, along with those backs, and I think that played into how the rest of the game would, would go. Um, they look good, dude. You said it. I think that our backs um, got the opportunity to, to do a little playing this week, weekend, and they did, um, as well as JT being, being back. Um, the offense still looked explosive like it did the week before, so I was excited to see that. Georgia has not had a quarterback that has been able to just lay the ball in people's hands 40, 50, 60 yards down the field the way that JT Daniels can do. I mean, just the touch and the the pinpoint accuracy that's on his deep ball right now, that makes Georgia just if they can hit a couple of those a game with that defense that they have, TK, there's there's lots of people that were voting them in this AP poll over Alabama as number one team in the country. And I'm not going to go that far yet because you know as well as I do. We always get you got to get over the hump. You got to, to as Ric Flair used to say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. man. So uh, until that happens, I think everybody needs to be weary of that. But in terms of Georgia and that that offense being able to complement that defense, that uh that that really makes them a big big problem for a lot of teams out there. 
Yeah, when you're able to flip the field, um, talking about explosive plays, chunk plays, when you're able to flip the field and flip field position with a defense like we have is huge. And I think that having a guy like JT back there um, and Stetson showed that he could do it last week, but having a guy like JT that can lay those balls out there and just, man, as a receiver, I'm telling you, they're per they're pretty um, when you can just run up under a ball and just walk into the end zone is special. So having having JT back there is special, and I think we're going to continue to do some great things. With it. So last week we said that we thought you know Georgia and Kentucky were kind of the the neck and neck for the top two in the in the SEC East. We were discounted Florida a little bit, but after that performance from Florida, I, I thought that Alabama would absolutely go into the swamp and just run Florida out of there. And it certainly looked that way in the first quarter. TK twenty one to three, Alabama just imposing their will, being able to go right down the field and not really give uh, Florida anything. As we thought, Emory Jones turned the ball over early which we you know he's had a propensity to do throughout this year but with that option and uh, you know them being at Emory Jones you know you got to dive you got a quarterback you got a pitch man all that kind of stuff uh something that that you know if a defense is just a little bit off assignment wise a guy like Emory Jones can hurt you a hundred percent and you know I think that's what happened I think adjustments were made offensively from the Florida staff and they were able to you know, make make slight adjustments and get some things working for him in the second half. And Emory Jones and that board offense were able to, you know, battle back. And uh, man, it, it was it was kind of cool to see, um, you know, Alabama being a fight, you know, in 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 a regular season. So, uh, you know, hats off to that Florida team for battling. Um, you know, they I think that they proved that they're kind of they're kind of in that that talking point like we were talking about Kentucky, uh, Georgia, Florida. I think they're in that in that talking point for who's second in the East. Yeah, I, I the 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 thing that I think Georgia still has an advantage on over Florida is uh, running out against Alabama. In all in all fairness, the one thing that people can say is the last few years since Tua was the quarterback at Alabama, defense has not been you know some just a, a banner thing for Alabama. I mean they've they've played def- well enough on defensively when they need to, obviously, but they haven't just been a stifling you know totally shut you down defense. And there were some very unsound things they lost. Uh, Chris Allen, the linebacker, early in the year, they've got some depth problems. Will Anderson was playing hurt, but. TK, when you know one r- rush, I saw the 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 touchdown run to make it. Uh, I think it was when it was twenty one to nine, and and uh, Florida breaks through. You had you had linebackers, no linebackers in the middle of the field. One went in man coverage with a tight end splitting out this way, and one went with a blocker that was coming underneath. Nobody's in the middle of the field. He just runs zone right to the middle. So uncharacteristic bust of a of a next defense. It, it's honestly so funny you say that. We're sitting at a tailgate watching that game. Myself, uh, Keelan Johnson, former Bulldog, Noshawn Marino, and, and uh, Noshawn Tasman. He's like, man, that's not the same Alabama. He's like, their backers aren't flowing with those guys. You know, just noticing little subtle things like that. So it's funny that you, you know, you picked up on that and noticed that as well. Um, that, that 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 can get you beat. And when you and when you aren't when your backers aren't flowing and Doing the things that a Nick Saban, Nick Saban backers do, um, yeah, you, you're going to be in trouble versus a team that can run the ball um, and runs downhill. Uh, so yeah, it was it was it was it was interesting to see, man. It really was. It was. I think I think that was the probably the most telling game of the weekend. 
Yeah, and if we've learned anything, I think this year, it's how big of an advantage in 2021 home field is, TK. It's always uh, nice to be at home, but I think that fan bases are so hungry for the the, the sport that they love, uh, and it really gets taken away from them for you know a year uh, where it's not full capacity. Now people are in there, and just the the love and passion for these games, and you know, even when you're a superior team, because you know, you've been on both ends of this, TK. When when you're in a a stadium and it's either rocking a hundred percent for you or a hundred percent against you, um, it may not even be that that Alabama was so affected. They did have a couple penalties because of the noise, but that momentum, it's real. I mean, just talk to people what that's like as a player where it's either for or against you. I mean, have, have you been anywhere where people – in a room full of people, just a room, where people don't like you, you know people don't like you? Yeah. You felt uncomfortable then? Well, think about being in Sanford Stadium where there's 92,000 or think about being in the swamp and, you know, you're the opposing team and you got those it, – it, it honestly feels like they're just barreling down on you. But it it is rough, bro. It's, it makes everything tough. It makes communication hard. It makes um, it makes it's bro intensity. It makes your heart beat faster. Everything just goes up. So um, it, it's an it's intense playing um in an opposing team stadium that's rocking. But on the reverse side of that, when you're when you're when you are a UGA and you got those red lights rocking and you're busting South Carolina's butt. Uh, Dude, it, it's, you're sky high. You, you're flying around. You're making plays on special teams late in the game, smacking folks uh, on kickoff on kickoff coverage. So you're doing things like that because your fans are still in this game. They're still there. They're rocking with you. So it's, it's yeah. it definitely plays a it definitely plays a big role. Fans, no doubt, you definitely, you definitely play a big role in the game. Yeah, no doubt, and I think the the people at uh you know at the swamp did it did a great job of kind of propelling Florida forward and and helping them in that in that contest for sure. I don't know that this is as much of a uh you know some people are saying Alabama oh they're not what they they are. I I would have caution on that because I think you know everybody bleeds right, and Alabama oh, yeah. just had, they they're human too. Florida I think played as well as they can play under an Emory Jones led team. Um, I don't know that they could, they'll be able to even match that output the rest of the year. I think to that to the point of what what we were saying um, is I don't think it's the same guys. I don't think they have the same caliber of guys at Alabama. They're still I mean they're still they're still Alabama, but I don't think they're the same guys. Absolutely, but you talk about a rocking environment, just like the swamp was. So was Happy Valley, and uh, even though we got the the. The way that we thought Alabama would beat Florida wrong, we kind of nailed the the Penn State Auburn game. Both of us said it would be a like a twenty four twenty type game. Well, Penn State beats Auburn twenty eight to twenty at Happy Valley, and TK. We both said that James Franklin was not going to let Tank Bigsby uh, and Jaquez Hunter beat them, and they they end up having uh, I think between them it was one hundred and sixty five yards rushing. That's a decent output, but that's not enough for an Auburn team that if if that was going to happen, Bo Nix really needed to take over that game, and he just didn't. I mean, he did some decent things at times, as Bo Nix always does, but 21 of 37 for 185, that's not going to get it done at the road at a wideout in Happy Valley. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. I mean, it's been talked about on, I think, every podcast that has to do with Auburn every ESPN thing. Bo Nick struggles on the road, and he he still 
struggled a little um, on the road. Um, obviously, we just talked about it. It was a whiteout. Um, that place was rocking. But, man, I think that uh, Coach, uh, Coach Penn State, the Penn State staff did a very good job of putting them in a situation defensively to stop Dark West Hunter and Tank Bigsby. They bottled those guys up, put the game in Bo Nix's hands, knowing that this guy plays awful on the road, and you got what you got. Yeah, and Bo, Bo, let's be fair to him. I mean, he did. He showed some some toughness, and he did some good things. He didn't turn the ball over. It's right. just, it's just there wasn't that. You know, he wasn't making some of the the consistent throws he needed to 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 move the chains in that situation. You talk about Auburn. I mean, they were ten of seventeen, so you know they were they were above fifty percent in their third down conversions, but just not enough. To, to get it done, and ultimately, I mean, Auburn won the time of possession, all that kind of stuff they could do, but at the end of the day, you've got uh, Penn State throwing for 302 yards, Auburn throws for 185, uh, Sean Clifford on the day, 28 of 32, TK, 28 of 32, that's efficient sure. as you can ask that's for. Getting, that's, that's, that's getting it done, and we, said, we talked about that before, <laughs> I think that, that's something that I said, they talked about his intermediate accuracy, and he was willing and doing yeah and and we we, we kind of thought that both teams were going to take away tank bigsby they were going to take away noah kane it was going to be a matchup of these quarterbacks and sean clifford played uh played better in the in the biggest moments last uh last night ended up uh, running a uh, a touchdown in um to kind of kind of seal it there at the end put them up by eight so uh penn state wins but auburn um you know they they have they have no time. I mean, they have one week to kind of regroup. They got a Georgia State team coming in, uh, you know. But you want to ask Tennessee uh, from last year. You don't want to. You don't want to just sleepwalk through it because Georgia State beat Tennessee last year. But uh, in, in terms of you know, not too not too far down the line, they got an LSU team. There's another one that we did get wrong. TK was LSU at, at Central Michigan. We both doubted. Uh, thought there was a lot of chaos. This is good Central Michigan team. I don't care what anybody says. That they've got they've got a lot of returners. They've got they're well coached. But Max Johnson and the LSU offense really started to kind of come into their own. I think Max Johnson had 372 passing yards on the night, and they started to you know spread the ball around a little bit, not just. Uh, uh, Keyshawn Boutte being the one that you know took care of everything for him. Yeah, they they look good, um, man. I, I I was trying to be fun and and, and pick an upset, but didn't work out for us. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, yeah, man, they, they they look good. Uh, Max looked good. He 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 was like you said, dinking and dunking it around, and I think that that's probably how they'll start getting more guys involved. And I think that'll help that offense out a lot when you can get more guys involved. Um, you know, defenses can't just key in and take take guys away and double this this guy, put two, put a safety over, you know, uh Keishon Boutte. So when when they can do that, I think that this offense would be a lot more efficient. Yeah, and you know, in, in terms of with LSU, right, it's been about consistency. And they're going to have a chance to prove consistency because they're going to be playing a very good uh, Mississippi State team. Even though Mississippi State, and we're going to talk about what happened in that game with Mississippi State, uh, which was which was a crazy scenario in that game. But you know, 
LSU is going to get a chance to go on the road to Starkville next week, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they're able to, you know, put back-to-back weeks of execution, of playing with rhythm, all those kind of things, and and honestly limiting distractions in that LSU program because distractions, since they've won the national title, have just run rampant and uh, really, really kind of upset the apple cart there in a program that was on cloud nine just two years ago and now seems to be in on rocky soil. So, you know, it's all, what have you done for me lately? Edo takes care of business in this, in this week. We'll see what happens next week with Starkville. But before we get to uh, the Mississippi state matchup and what happened with Memphis, we want to say our pod is partnering with play action pools dot com this season to bring interactive fun to the sport that we love the most which is football you'll be able to get in on the action with playactionpools.com football pick them challenge which is open to everyone here's how it works guys you can sign up for the contest believe football pick them at play action pools and then get your picks in each week we're going to take 10 of the highest profile nfl and college football games whoever gets the most picks correct will win a pair of electric sunglasses and dc shoes each week again uh, go to playactionpools.com and select the Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V-E, football pick'em. And if you plan to host your own uh, contest for the office, Play Action Pools, that's where you need to go, guys. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Own Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your sports pool needs. So playactionpools.com, appreciate those guys. And, you know, when you're talking about making a pick, TK, we both thought that Mississippi State would go into Memphis and, and take care of business. They did cover. They were plus three. They only lost by two, so they did cover. But in terms of uh, winning outright, there was a very controversial play in the game. Everybody knows the first touch rule of of uh, punt. Obviously, the Memphis player was doing absolutely right by, you know, if, if – when you're when you're down in a punt, and TK, you've probably been a gunner or something like that mm-hmm. at that point in your career. You go and you you don't just tap it and walk away. You down that thing. I mean, you grab it, you just hold it. Pick it up. Pick it up. And yeah, pick it up. And the and the Mississippi State guy, it hits him. Okay, it touches him, and then the referee throws the bean bag as the Miss. Uh, Memphis player comes around and scoops it up, and then the referee waves his arms to blow the blow the ball dead. Right? Didn't blow a whistle, yeah, but waves yeah. his arms like it's going dead. Mississippi State's guys pause for just a second, and then there goes the Memphis player, ninety-five yards the other way. They end up letting it stand, and that's really kind of the the game the game breaker right there. What ended up happening, and you know, it's just unfortunate because Mississippi State did a lot of really good things. In this game, TK, when you talk about it, they outgained Memphis. Memphis was averaging close to 600 yards a game coming into this. They only had 246 total yards, so that Zach Arnett defense stands up once again. Uh, Will Rogers in this game, TK, he threw the ball 67 times, completed 50 of them. Uh, my, my, guy, my guy's arm's going to be like. He needs he needs to ice that thing down for sure. But four nineteen passing, uh, only fifty yards rushing. But that's it. That's not because they're incapable of running the ball. That's because they're not trying to run the ball, folks. That, it's that it's the air raid. It's the air raid under Mike Leach. So that's that, that's how it goes. But when you talk about everything right there, got they they were even on on turnover on turnovers. You know, Mississippi State lost a fumble. Mid, uh, Memphis threw an interception. TK, listen to this. Almost 40 minutes time of possession, Miss Mississippi State to uh, Memphis's 19 minutes. So 
it was a it was a very lopsided game. It's just that really that one crazy play takes takes control. So how frustrating is that when you have something like that just just totally out of your control, uh, decided factor of a game? Man, that, I mean, obviously that's super frustrating, um, for sure to to lose to to lose a game like that. Uh, but they they like you said they played they played a really sound game. Um, that defense stepped up once again. I mean, two, two, what we say, 246. I mean, that's still a good chunk, but that's solid. Um, I yeah, think held that's, them, that, held that, them to 87 yards rushing on the night. Yeah, that's solid, dude. That's that, that, that should have and could have got it done in an air raid off in an air raid offense. But, but when you have things like that happen, man, it, it it's terrible. I think that obviously, uh, I think that that should have been called, uh, yeah. but. But once the yeah, ref comes in and blows his arm, yeah, bro, it, yeah, come on, it, yeah, it's frustrating, bro. It's I, I'm, I'm kind of honestly still baffled that they let that ride, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're you're exactly right. It kind of kind of uh, stinks for Mississippi State, but they get a chance to atone for what they're doing and, and continue. It, I'm very intrigued by that matchup coming up with LSU going to Starkville because Zach Arnett's defense has been playing well and getting better, and an LSU team that has had you know problems being consistent. Uh, the 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 thing that I think gives just and I know we're going to get into matchups on Wednesday, but thing that that makes it intriguing is. Will Mississippi State try to run the ball more against an LSU team that has struggled to against the run and, and to tackle right. people and stuff like that, or or maybe the screen game is just as effective in the in the air raid? Well, yeah, I, I think that I think that they'll be themselves. Honestly, I think that they'll run the air raid offense and, tr- and Mike Leach will try to get guys in space because when you have fast guys in space and you've got bad tacklers in space, it's a good thing. So. Um, you kind of can hear which way I'm leaning, but but yeah, man, uh, I I think that that matchup is an exciting one for the weekend. No doubt, no doubt. Now, so the last one of real consequence really was Old Miss and Tulane. You had Tulane coming into uh you, you know the Grove there. They're coming into Oxford, and you know they're they're a well coached team with Willie Fritz over there, and, and played well against an Oklahoma team. So they knew that they could uh, go up against a, a high you know, high-powered offense and, and you know, hold them at least, cl- you know, down close enough to make a run at them like they did with Oklahoma. But Ole Miss is a different uh, – whole different animal with Matt Corral right now, TK. I mean, 60, they hang 61 points on Tulane, beat them 61-21, uh, 335 yards passing for Matt Corral, and he's just so elusive when he decides to run a total of seven total touchdowns. Um, Ole Miss is is starting to look like they may it's them in Arkansas maybe for that number two team in the West. Man, I told you early on when they was play, before they played Louisville, I liked I liked the Lane Train. And then after I said I was on the Lane Train, um, he just finds a way to get the most out of his players. It's kind of exciting um, just to see him interact with his guys on the sideline was kind of cool. Just to, just the way that just their interaction. But you talked about the guy. I like the guy. Some of those, I think four of those tutties were on the ground, bro. Um, from Matt Corral. Yeah. Uh, the dude, the dude was was balling. But um, I think the more telling thing, what does it say about uh, an Oklahoma team? You know, 
Well, you saw they struggled with the Nebraska team that, that they only beat Nebraska by seven after Nebraska lost to Illinois earlier this year. So, is this um, really what te- Texas and OU wants? Is this what they want? Yeah, we are here on the Second to None podcast, and uh, you know everything SEC, Texas, and Oklahoma. They may want to be, um, you know, thinking thinking about getting back back there to the Big Twelve, seeing if they'll take them back. But it's a it's it's a different it's a different you know breed of football down here. And when you got good quality head coaches like uh, Lane Kiffin, like a Kirby Smart like a Nick Saban. I think Mark Stoops is a tremendous coach at, at Kentucky. Sam Pittman has proven to be a really, a really good football coach. You know, some people don't like how quirky Jimbo. and awkward how yeah, Jimbo, but some people don't like how quirky and awkward Dan Mullen is because he is he is cringeworthy sometimes with some of the stuff that he does on, in public. But uh but Dan Mullen is is you gotta give it to him. He can make good adjustments. He did that against Alabama. So we'll see what happens there. I think uh, some of the most intriguing matchups for me, TK, are yet to come when you've got like this week, can a, can a Texas A&M with all the talent that they've amassed over the last three recruiting cycles go in and, and halt the momentum of an Arkansas program that just really believing in the message that Sam Pittman uh, has for them right now. It'll be can KJ Jefferson. That's a, that's a big game for Arkansas. It's a huge game. It's the 3:30 CBS game. It's going to be in Fayetteville. We've talked about the the uh, home field advantage, so you know we'll we'll see what happens there. But TK, you know, overall, what would you say um, is your biggest takeaways? We've we've kind of touched on all the games, but what are what are your you know if you got one or two you know biggest takeaways from week three and the opening week of SEC play for most of these teams? Man, Bama can bleed. That's number one. They can bleed. Um, number two is oh, our UGA defense is still unreal. Um, yeah, it's impressive. They're unreal, they're unreal dude. Um, you, both you and I were in the stadium uh, Saturday Saturday night. And dude, just watching those cats, being that close and watching those cats um, get to the quarterback is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, you you got to go down on the field and uh, as a former player and kind of see some see some uh, some recruits and all this kind of stuff that was that was out there. And then I was uh, I was actually credentialed and go, went down on the field to to, to cover uh, the game, take some take some photos, all that kind of stuff. And just it was the first time I had seen some of these players, you know, as far as five ten feet away from me and. You know, you just get a real appreciation for how big a guy like a Jordan Davis is. It's it's uh it's truly phenomenal, and the fact that he can move the way that he can move overall. Uh, Georgia, you know, allowed South South Carolina did their thing through the air a little bit at the end. I mean, they had 214 yards passing, but uh, you know, Georgia once again holds them under 100 yards rushing. I think that's going to be the the hallmark of Georgia. If anybody can get over 100 yards rushing on Georgia like UAB was uh, able to do at, at certain points of that game, um, a more talented team than a UAB, uh, that, that's going to be the key. They, if you're going to have to get upwards uh, of 150 to 200 yards rushing, I think, and really control the time of possession to uh, wear down that defense with all the depths that they have, and that's going to be the answer for Florida, I think, TK. TK and uh, – I mean, uh, Florida and Georgia – you know, Florida's rushed for 250 on Alabama. I don't think that's going to happen when they play Georgia later this year. But 
that's you talk about styles styles make fights that's what they say right styles make fights when oh, it's yeah. boxing and and ufc and all that kind of stuff uh think of you know a floyd mayweather going up against a uh, I know they wouldn't be in the same generation, but a Mike Tyson type, right? One guy's going for the knockout, Floyd just trying to trying to uh, play defense and, and strike when he can. So, you know, the styles of that are going to be the the key matchups on that. And then I think the big the other biggest thing for me, like you said, um, I think college football as a whole is more. There's more parity in it. Uh, Ohio State struggles with Tulsa again. Uh, they're they're not the team that they were. Clemson barely beats Georgia Tech fourteen to eight. Uh, you know, just a, a not Clemson like performance. I think people are realizing how good Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence were up cool. there. You know, because uh, they they thought DJ Uangalele was going to come in and and do the do the same thing, and that just those those, those cats are are one of a kind. Yeah, they don't come through ever so, but ever so often. Yeah, and, and they, were, they were just fortunate enough to get them back to back. Yeah, it, it was a very rare deal that they were able to get that. And um, so right now, I would put if I'm going to put out a power rankings, and this kind of how we'll end the show. Um, and you can tell me yours, but I think if I'm going to put out power rankings in the West, I'll just do a top three. I'm going to say Alabama, Old Miss, and Arkansas with LSU kind of creeping up if they can stay consistent on the heels of Arkansas there. And then I'm going to say in the in the East, I'm going to give Georgia. I'm still going to give Kentucky number two because I think a lot of Florida's deal came with uh, Alabama having to make some adjustments at linebacker and that home field crowd, which people got to realize Georgia and Florida, there ain't going to be no home field crowd. It's in Jacksonville, totally neutral site. So I don't think that will play as much of a factor um, TK, if you had to rank your power rankings for West and East, what do you got? Uh, West and East, I, West, I'd go the same as you, man. I'd go Alabama, Ole Miss, and then Arkansas. And then on the East, uh, obviously Georgia, um, just up there. Um, and then, man, 2A, two, 2B, two two Kentucky, Florida. Um, I think that they're right there neck and neck together. Um, we just got to see a little more from them to see who's two and who's three. But um, like you said, man, I feel like the the, the state of college football is, is in an awesome uh, awesome spot, really. Um, you're starting to see a lot of teams emerge, a lot of different colleges emerge and show that they can play um, with some Power 5 schools. So it's 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 really cool, man. It's I think it's unique. I think it says a lot about kids wanting to go to different schools, wanting to go to different places and, and – um, yeah, it's, it's it's cool to see. Yeah, there's a lot of change. A lot of people, you know, doom and gloom thought, well, you know, with NIL coming on board, it's going to become like the NFL and all this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you guys, the NFL is one of the most fun leagues that you can uh, you can watch. I mean, the parity year in and year out, it changes uh, every time. And, you know, let's – TK, we're going to have a big what's the spread Wednesday as we talk about games and, and we'll – We'll uh, hit a lot of these, but there's some interesting matchups. Missouri has an out-of-conference matchup against a 3-0 and Boston College team. They're going to Boston College. That's an interesting one. The game of the week is Texas A&M traveling to Arkansas at 3.30 over there. I'm intrigued by uh, Tennessee going to Florida. Florida has just – talk about this, uh, TK, and you can tell us if there's any, any example of this. Have you ever been in a game – 
and there, and I may know this, but have you ever been in a game where you've point out, poured out your heart and soul, come up real close, maybe just just short of pulling an upset or something like that, and then the next week maybe had a little bit of a letdown just from it's hard to get over uh, playing like that. Um, I know that that after the SEC championship game in 2012, y'all had a long time because of the the bowl game, so you were able to get over that one a little bit better. But uh, once think about talk, just talk to people. If if y'all had had to turn around and play a game right after losing Alabama the way that you did in that SEC championship game, how, how hard would that have been? Well, I mean, the stakes were a little different um, than just a, a regular season game. But man, that that would have been tough, bro. I mean, that was a big blow. Um, a game that we felt like we had, a game we felt like we should have won, and that's. I mean, you feel like you should win every game if you're doing the right things, but. Um, man, it, it, it'll be it'll be tough. It'd be tough to get your mind off of it on Monday. Uh, it'd be tough to watch that film. So it, it'd be tough to shake, man. It'd be tough to flush down down the drain for sure. Yeah, and you've got Hendon Hooker now running things at, at, at Tennessee uh, with Joe Milton out for his injury. He he had it. He had his start there the other night, and you had Hendon Hooker. You know, seventeen to twenty five, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, right at 200 yards passing, so we'll see if they're able to go down to the swamp and uh, and you know give Florida a little bit of heartburn uh, next week as, as things uh, come into play. But a lot of intriguing matchups. Kentucky tries to bounce back. South Carolina tries to bounce back, and I say bounce back for Kentucky because they just didn't play how they wanted to against Chattanooga. But they've got South Carolina at South Carolina. And uh, you know, guys, we're going to be breaking them all down for you on a what's the spread Wednesday. Uh, For Tavares King, I'm Blaine Gilmer. This is the Second to None podcast, guys, on the Believe Podcast Network, streaming on the 365 Sports YouTube channel in partnership on our social media with the Sideline Sports Network, guys, and sponsored by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. Go ahead, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit like, please, turn on notifications, and guys, we will catch you Wednesday on a What's the Spread Wednesday here on the Second to None podcast. And, guys, we're looking forward to covering week four of SEC action. Let's get it. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.